Many people have fought battles and spent fortunes trying to either buy or find love. Tony Broom Ministries comes to you today with good news. God's love is not only available, but is freely given. Here's a sermon from the 14th chapter of Hosea, called, I Will Love Them Freely. Many times during the book of Hosea, it's a passionate book. Hosea is a book about love. God calls out to his people. He even uses a situation that you wouldn't think is right. He tells his prophet to go join himself with someone that was in a life of prostitution. That seems like an outlandish thing to do. It would seem like there would be something that would be against God's will. But God said, I want to use this to show the children of Israel my love to them. They have gone away from me. They have turned to flagons, and that word is like a, not just a little shot glass. They're drinking it by the big Dixie cups. They're drinking it by the gallons and wine, and they're going after other gods. They're going away from me. He said, but I love them. I want to show them that I will love them freely. I want to show them my love to them. And so he uses this prophet of God. The chapters are short, but there are 14 of them. We find ourselves today in the last one, chapter 14, verses 1 through 9. He cries out to Israel passionately. The word is Shabab. The root word is Shabab. It means to return or repent. And the way that he uses it so many times in the prophets, it sounds like a mournful, doleful cry and call to God. And he says it like, Sha'ubu, Sha'ubu. And he's saying, return to me, return to me. And he says in this chapter, O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God. For thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. God invites them to return to him from their terrible spiritual condition, which like us was their own fault. The spiritual condition of America today is nobody's fault but our own. We cannot blame it on the preacher. We cannot blame it on the church. We cannot blame it even on our father and our mother, even though there's connection sometimes. Sometimes you get grown enough and big enough you get so many ages around your belt, you have to start taking responsibility for what you do. It's not your uncle's fault. It's not your mother's fault. It's not your dad's fault. It's your fault. We have to take responsibility for our own actions. And he calls out to Israel and he says, return to your God. You have fallen by your iniquity. Take with you words and turn to the Lord saying to him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously. He even tells us what to say to him. You would think that if we're going to come before God and he's going to give us all these blessings and eternal life and everything to go with it, you would think that we should at least know what to say to him to get him to do that. We don't even know what to say to him to get him to give us the blessings that he wants to give us. He has to put the words in our mouth, if you will, in our heart, to be able to even talk to Him. It's like the New Testament said, you're saved by grace through faith. That's not of yourself, it is a gift of God. We don't even have faith within ourselves. It has to be given us by God. God has to give us faith in order that we can believe Him. 
looked like we could conjure up our own faith so we could believe God, but that's not the way it happens. Mankind in his own self is depraved to the point that he cannot even come up with enough rationality and enough faith to get right with God. God has to give him the words and the faith to be able to say and to believe the Lord for the gospel and eternal salvation. God says, take words with you. And here's the words that I want to hear you say. Receive us graciously. Take away all iniquity and receive us graciously. He tells us what to say to Him. What do you say to the Lord? Well, you say, be merciful to me, a sinner, and He'll save you. You say, Lord, break the power of sin over my life. I'm a Christian. I know I love God. But there's a struggle going on. And He will take that old man and crucify that old man and put him in the grave and He will break the power of sin over your life. He'll sanctify you. And then you can say, well, Lord, I'm sanctified, the believer. Nothing in myself, but I thank God for what you've done for me. Praise God. And Lord, I want all you have for me. I want you to baptize me in the Holy Ghost. And before you know it, you'll be talking in tongues and praising God. You'll be worshiping God. He'll baptize you in the Holy Ghost. If you need healing, you say, Lord, I'm not worthy in myself. I haven't done anything to merit your grace, but I know your word said by your stripes I'm healed. And I thank you for my healing. And before you know it, you'll be skipping. Your body will feel good. You'll be well again. So when we say these words to the Lord and he forgives us, so will we render the calves of our lips. That's an old English expression. It just means that we're just going to praise the Lord. I'm going to praise Him no matter what. I will render the calves, the calves in the Old Testament, they would sacrifice them to the Lord. But now they're saying we will render the calves of our lips. We're going to praise God with our lips. We're going to worship God and glorify his holy name, to praise the Lord. And they said, Assure shall not save us. We will not ride upon horses. Neither will we any more say to the work of our hands, Ye are our gods. For in thee the fatherless findeth mercy. The reason Israel made gods of gold is because they quickly stopped trusting in the Lord and started trusting in themselves. They told Aaron up, Make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man of God, who led us out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what's become of him. And they made gods of gold. And they said, These are our gods, O Israel, that have brought us up out of the land of Egypt. No god of gold can do anything, much less bring them up out of the land of Egypt. God Jehovah is the one who brought them up out of the land of Egypt. And so quickly they turned away from God. The natural things of this life will draw on you to the point that it will surprise you how quickly you can turn away from the things of God and start trusting in the arm of flesh again. We dare not trust the sweetest frame but only lean on Jesus' name. The arm of flesh will fail you. You dare not trust your own. You have to rely on the arm of faith. You have to rely on the hand of God. You have to rely on the power of God. And you trust in God no matter what the natural says. The natural points to death. 
the natural points to disease, the natural points to sin. And you have to say like Israel, assure, and that's the name for some of the enemy, those natural people, that natural things in the world. Assure shall not save us. We will not count on how good we can ride on horses. We will start trusting in God. We will not say anymore to the work of our hands, you are our gods. How foolish are we, brothers and sisters, even in this technological age that we're living in, and the high-tech things that you do and see around you, that we can say, you are our gods. And yet these things are so fallible, they fail all the time. You know why? Because they are man-made. Anything that's made by man is subject to fail at any time. That's why now you don't put yourself in a self-driven car. Because if it's self-driven, it will self-drive you right into a hole. You don't want to do that. You don't even want to hardly put yourself in the hands of somebody you might think is a pretty good driver, much less a self-driving car. How quickly America just like Israel, have stopped trusting in God. We have it on our money. In God we trust, but we're not trusting in God. We're trusting in gods of gold. We're trusting in gods of finance. We're trusting in gods of other things that it's like a bag with holes in it. I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely, for mine anger is turned away from him. This is solely an act of God's decisive will. There is nothing else that you can say that would cause God in the middle of, he's talking about Israel coming back to God, assure shall not save us. We will not ride on horses. We will not trust in our gods of gold anymore. We've got to come back to God. And he said, I will heal their backsliding. Backsliding is not something we talk about much in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, they talked about backsliding. In the New Testament, we don't talk about it, we just do it. But it's something we should not do. It's something we should not talk about. But the only way you can keep from backsliding is God has to heal your backsliding. Sanctification helps a lot in that too. When you're sanctified as a believer, you'll never be perfect. But you'll stop going back and forth. You'll stop vacillating here and there. He loves me, he loves me not. I'm saved, I don't know whether I'm saved. I feel good, I don't feel so good. Things are up, things are down. Things are good, things are bad. Back and forth. You never are sure. You're like the double-minded man in James who is unstable in all his ways. But when you are sanctified as a believer, you have a sure foundation. You know that Yes, you make mistakes. You may sin and come short, but you get that thing right with God because you're not living in sin anymore. You're not bound by sin anymore. We say things and pop off at the mouth sometimes, even as a sanctified believer. We're sanctified believers, but the flesh is still there. We're still living in the flesh. We don't live by the flesh. We live by the Spirit. But if we don't live by the Spirit like we ought to and should, sometimes things come out that should not come out. And we have to get things right with God. I will heal their backslidings. I will love them freely. Nothing causes God to do that within ourselves. There is nothing in Tony Broom 
that would cause God to say, oh, I just love him. I just love him. <laughs> you know why God ghouls over me? It's not because of anything in me. It's because he is an act of his decisive will. He said, I will love him even though he doesn't deserve it. Even though he doesn't look too good. Even though he doesn't act too good all the time. I will love him freely anyway. Glory to God in the highest. I will love them freely. I will be as the dew under Israel. He shall grow as the lily and cast forth his roots as Lebanon. The dew refreshed the earth when it had never rained upon it. In the beginning, before the floods came, it had never rained on the earth. There came a dew and a mist up every night and watered the ground. God watered the ground every night, just as much as it needed. It had never rained. The dew refreshed the earth. God said, I will be like the dew to him. I will cause a refreshing. I will cause a revival. I will cause a renewal. I will wet him when he needs to be wet. I'll make him grow when he needs to grow like the lily. His branches shall spread and his beauty shall be as the olive tree and his smell as Lebanon. He's going to look good. He's going to smell good because not because of him or her, but because of me. I'm going to make him look good. I'm going to make him smell good because he's going to look like me. He's going to smell like me. He's going to be like Jesus. He's going to be like the Holy Ghost. How God could still love us after the way we treated him. And how he can still have a plan for Israel after the way they rejected and tempted him is beyond me. The song said, I grew up in Sunday school and I knew about the golden rule and how Jesus died upon the tree. But I still don't know. You ask me how he loves me and I still don't know. The song said, I'll break down and cry even after all these years. After hearing the story, you'd think it would grow old, but it never grows old never grows old. You're always touched in your heart. They that dwell under his shadow shall return. They shall revive as the corn and grow as the vine. The scent thereof shall be as the wine of Lebanon. This is a good wine that makes you feel fine all the time. It won't hurt you. And it's good. He said they will grow. When you get right with God, you can grow. You can't grow as a half-backslid Christian as somebody don't even know whether you know God or not. You can't grow like that. But you can grow when you get right with God. Both the church and Israel have a bright future. The church has a bright future. I'm not talking about the ecumenical movement. I'm not talking about the church world. I'm not talking about the church who puts queers in pulpits. I'm not talking about that kind. You can't even call that a church. Because the word church is ecclesia, means to call out. It ain't talking about calling up, it says calling out. You got to be called out from the world. Don't call the world up into the pulpit. You got to call people out from the world so they can get in the pulpit. By the way, don't you get in the pulpit if you ain't supposed to be in the pulpit. The church has a bright future. The church of Jesus Christ. He said the gates of hell would not prevail against it. He didn't say they wouldn't fight against it. He didn't say they wouldn't kick a few holes every once in a while. We would lose a battle every now and then, but we've already won the war. He said the gates of hell would not prevail against it. We may 
lose one every now and then. We don't like to lose. I don't know what kind of sportsman or sports girl you are, but most sports people don't like to lose. And I'm not trying to make the Christian life a sport, but Paul talked about the game. He talked about we fight not to lose, but we fight to win. We don't like to lose. We don't like to lose them to heart disease. We don't like to lose them to cancer. Lord, have mercy. We don't like to lose them to death. We may lose every now and then. Thank God he's already won the war. The church has a bright future. Israel has a bright future. How dumb could they be? Reject their Messiah, kill their prophets, go against the apostles. They did everything wrong. But God still loves them. Not because they did things right. He said, I will love them freely. I will forgive them. Not because they deserve it. But He has a plan for them. Paul said all Israel will be saved. That doesn't mean every individual Jew. It means as a nation, they'll come back to God. That's a wonderful thing. Ephraim, the northern kingdom, it's talking about all Israel. Ephraim shall say, what have I to do anymore with idols? I have heard him and observed him. I am like a green fir tree. From me is thy fruit found. Ephraim will say, God said before, he said, Ephraim is joined to idols, let him alone. But now he says, Ephraim will say, what have I to do anymore with idols? I realize my failure. I realize my mistake. I realize that I've been wrong. I need to get right with God. He said, from me is your fruit found. From me is the answer. Only God can touch a person, people, nation, and world to cause them to love and serve Him. God can do it. Who is wise and he shall understand these things? Prudent and he shall know them. For the ways of the Lord are right and the just shall walk in them. But the transgressors shall fall therein. David said it like this. To the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. To the pure, you will show yourself pure. But to the froward, you will show yourself froward. If God seems to you as bad and mean and cruel and judgmental, it's because that's the way that you perceive Him. That's the way that you have a relationship or non-relationship with Him. That's the way that God seems to you. When you are right with your parents, they were sugar daddies. They bought you one every once in a while for a nickel and you suck on it all day. Everything was good. But when you did what was bad and mom and dad, they seemed to be mean and bad and ugly because you was doing bad. People respond differently to the same God. It all has to do with our relationship with Him. If you have a right relationship with God, everything's going to seem groovy. Everything's going to be hunky-dory. That is with you and the Lord. You're walking down Jericho Road, just room for just two, no more, no less, just Jesus and you. We're just walking and talking with Jesus. A little talk with Jesus makes it right. Feel that little prayer wheel turning. All at once, a little fire starts burning. And a little talk with Jesus is going to make it all right. Because you've got a relationship with God. You know what it is to be loved freely. You know what it is to be on the high like a most high. You know what it is to be right with God. You know what it is to know who the Father is. You have a son relationship with the Father. 
You have eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know what it is to have a relationship with God. We don't deserve to have a relationship with God, but He gives it to us because He said, I will love them freely. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believed in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. God loved the world before there was a world. He loved the souls who would be born before anything was created. Before God said, let there be light, He had already designed a plan whereby everyone could be saved and healed and blessed. He had everything that we needed already provided. Before the foundation of the world, He had made a way so we could be right with Him. And now, many people still need to get right with God. But you and I who are born again, we've already come to that place to know Him as our Savior and make Him our Lord. Father, we love You today. I bless Your holy name. Thank You, Lord, for an opportunity to be in this place. Thank You, Lord, for an opportunity to love Jesus. Thank You, Lord, that we can pray to a God who hears us and a God who will save us, a God who will love us freely, a God who will forgive our sins, a God who will write our names in the Lamb's Book of Life, a God who will bless us and cause us to rise up every day with a purpose to live and a purpose to give and a purpose to exist. We thank you today that you have loved us freely. We thank you for that free love. It's without condition. We thank you, Lord, that in order to experience that love, we have to do certain things. We have to get right with God. But your love is free. Your love was free to us before we were ever born. And when it is, yet we were sinners, Christ died for us. God commended and showed forth his love to us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has saved us and raised us up together and caused us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What a wonderful life. What a wonderful eternal life. What a wonderful salvation. I pray that many today would experience the goodness of God and the greatness of eternal salvation. In Jesus' name, the church said, Amen. Amen. You have been listening to a sermon from Hosea chapter 14 called, I Will Love Them Freely. God has already declared that He loves you. Now, it is your time to make your calling and election sure with Him. Repent of your sin, ask Him to save you, and of course, He will do just that. This has been, a Tony Brew Ministries production.